Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Meet Lisa. She's 32 and is dealing with fatigue, brain fog, sensitivities to many things around her, and just not feeling like herself. Now, as many cases I discuss, she's seen tons of doctors and has not gotten too far in terms of resolving her symptoms. After reviewing her health history and looking more into what could be going on, she told me that another one of the many mysterious symptoms that she was dealing with was a slight discomfort in her lower jaw. After chatting about this more, she told me that she had a root canal there due to previous pain in that tooth, but while the pain subsided after the procedure, the slight discomfort remained, and in fact, since the procedure, her other ailments were also worse. In addition to this root canal, she also had two more root canals and quite a bit of dental work for someone so young. She told me that she's been to her dentist multiple times, but he didn't see anything wrong. Since everything in the body is so connected, I knew that we had to explore this further to see how we can put all the pieces together to solve Lisa's health mystery. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about Lisa and all of the mysterious symptoms she was experiencing. Joining me on the show today to talk more about Lisa's case is Dr. Christine Schaffner. She's a board-certified naturopathic physician, and she's passionate about practicing medicine and creating healing spaces. She's the clinic director of Sophia Health Institute, the clinic she co-created with her mentor, Dr. Dietrich Klinghardt in Woodinville, Washington, and she also practices in her own clinic in California and Seattle. With her diverse skill set, Dr. Schaffner seeks to improve access, outcomes, and speed of recovery for patients struggling with chronic illness wherever they may be. Dr. Schaffner, really excited to have you on. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So both in my practice and on this podcast, I always speak about the importance of looking at the whole person when assessing any health issue, because everything in the body is so related. And when it comes to health issues that are either more chronic or maybe just more mysterious in nature, the root may not always be what we expect or maybe what we first assume. Now, in Lisa's case, I saw she had a ton of dental work. And while many of us may not often think about asking a dentist for help with a health issue or vice versa, asking a doctor for help with 
a dental issue, there is a huge relationship there. Can you tell everyone listening, how does our oral health affect the rest of our body and how do dental issues connect with health issues? Yeah, you know, I think it's such an overlooked and important topic. And I see a lot of patients who have been struggling, you know, with a chronic illness, um, you know, for many years to decades. And I have been trained by Dr. Klinghardt and we, you know, look at what we call interference fields. So the, these um, roadblocks to our healing, and we often find them in the mouth. And so, like um, you said, our oral health has a huge connection to the rest of our body. And I like to always remind people that in embryological development, so when we develop in the womb of our moms, our teeth and our brain develop from the same tissue. So there's a neurological connection between our dental health and our brain and our nervous system. Um, there's also, as many of us know, even the American Heart Association and um, conventional cardiologists know that oral health is very tied into heart health um, because of different microbes or bacteria can affect, um, it can affect cardiovascular inflammation and can lead to heart disease. Um, and then we take it a step further in looking at the connection between um, in the acupuncture meridian system, every tooth sits on a meridian. So there is an organ relationship and a systemic relationship with each tooth. For instance, your front teeth are connected to the kidney and bladder meridian. So if you have a root canal tooth, which we'll talk about, or a dental filling, or, you know, some trauma to that tooth, that could actually be creating stress on that kidney bladder meridian. And you might have um, chronic bladder infections or interstitial cystitis. And may, while that is a multifactorial condition, to truly overcome and to heal and recover, not con um, continue to have this be a chronic issue, we see that addressing that um, infection or that dental interference is really important for recovering that system. So it's multifaceted. And, you know, I just like to take a step back and look at how our oral health, just kind of where we are anatomically, that it's related to um, our cranial nerves. So any materials that might not be biocompatible or rather even neurotoxic can get into our cranial nerves that can get into our brain. So it can affect our nervous system. We also have this whole lymphatic system in our body. And if we have oral issues or anything that's chronically stressing um, our oral cavity, that can drain into different uh, lymph nodes. So we just think of the lymph nodes in your neck, they can become swollen or you can have sore throats. And that is, you know, a huge um, part of our body uh, maintaining its health, having a healthy functioning lymphatic system. So that's the way, you know, I look at the mouth and the connection to the rest of the body. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And it's so important to look at that connection from everything that you mentioned. Now, you talk about the meridians. And, you know, I think most people are aware that we have meridians that run through the body. But it's really interesting. And I think a lot of people may not realize that they're linked to specific teeth. So you mentioned that the front teeth are linked to the kidney meridians. Um, what about some of the others? Can you give us a little bit more detail about that? Yeah, absolutely. And so whenever we're taking a dental history, you know, we ask about, you know, whether people have had amalgam fillings. And then, of course, we ask if they've had a history or if they currently have root canal teeth. So, um, you know, what 
we look at, especially if you have a stress on that tooth, there can be that connection, um, like I was sharing. And so the kidney bladder is um, the front teeth and the bottom teeth. Other things that we often see are the wisdom tooth um, extraction sites. So the wisdom teeth sit on the heart, small intestine, circulation meridian, and also um, endocrine. So it's a little bit multifactorial, but I'll um, see um, patients who have chronic digestive issues or poor circulation, and they might have had their wisdom tooth extracted and that um, when they had the tooth extracted, the bone never healed properly. Um, And so what what happens there is that, um, you know, dead or diseased or infected bone can fill that cavity where the wisdom tooth was uh, taken out. And that can be a reservoir of infection that actually can be quite uh, disruptive to our immune systems. And so that can be um, often a chronic hidden stress in the body or focal infection that um, I see have a huge impact on primarily digestive issues, because also what do you think about the, where the wisdom tooth is. So when you look at the wisdom teeth, they're in the back of the jaw, um, and that's close to branches of what's called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve has a huge component um, with you know our heart and our digestion. So it's interesting how we have these meridian relationships that also, um, you know, even if you didn't understand or believe in the meridian system of the body, um, many people know about the vagus nerve connection. And the vagus nerve has these functions that correspond to potentially why you know, a stress in the wisdom tooth area can create these pathologies in the body. Yeah, that's so interesting. We actually talk a lot about the vagus nerve. We did an episode on SIBO. And so often people have that issue because there's a motility issue and the vagus nerve isn't really properly toned. um, And people don't always make the connection to the wisdom teeth. So that's very, very interesting. So what you're talking about is that when there's that infection or it's also called a cavitation, right? Yeah, so a cavitation would be kind of an area of infected or diseased or necrotic bone. Yeah. So while we're on this topic, how do people know if they have a cavitation? Only because when you think about wisdom teeth, I would say probably most of us have had them out, um, you know, sometime usually teens, 20s, you know, 30s. So it's such a common thing. So how do we know that an infection could be present? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, again, we're seeing people who are chronically um, quite sick and they haven't gotten the answers or they've tried a lot of things and things just aren't working. And so if you kind of fit in that um, realm where you've tried a lot of things and you just feel like you're just you're not making the progress um, that your doctors want for you and your family wants for you, you know, looking at this could be a, a really great first step to really uncover maybe some, you know, hidden blockages in your body. And so quite often, you know, people don't have to have dental pain or mouth pain or, you know, any kind of symptoms in the area. And that's why these things are called, you know, hidden focal infections, because there's not always symptom in the area that's actually creating the the problem. And so we work with biological dentists who are trained and looking at imaging to see if the bone has actually healed in the area. And so that's one strategy, you know, that's again, you know, way people can understand if they have these cavitations. I always, when I'm taking my inventory, um, I do believe, you know, with root canal teeth that they are always, you know, a source of infection for, um, for most people. Um, root canal teeth are when a tooth dies and then the nerve is taken out and then, um, non-biocompatible material is, um, 
placed in the tooth and then um, microbes can actually get into the microtubules of the, the teeth and that can be a source of quite, you know, um, harmful bacteria um, that your body just has this constant exposure. So I do think, um, you know, again, and this is where you have to really work with, you know, a doctor and a, a doctor in the realm of naturopathic medicine or functional medicine, uh, people who look holistically and kind of think outside the box. And then also uh, dentists who are trained more in biological dentistry, um, because this is outside the paradigm of conventional dentistry. So again, you know, if you go to the average dentist, they are not going to agree with anything I just said. But, you know, it's okay. They're, the paradigm is shifting. More education is getting out there. And, you know, what makes me passionate about this is that I can see this have such a dramatic improvement on people's health when they actually, um, you know, tackle these things and they, they get their life back. So it, it is it is quite important. Yeah. And, you know, while we're talking about root canal teeth, I actually had a couple of root canals and I've had them pulled myself because of issues I was having. And like you, I agree that it's it's really impossible to completely sterilize a root canal, even though I know that the dentists take x-rays and they do everything they need to do. It, there's just no way to get all of bacteria out of there because there's not a lot of blood flow. Once the root is dead, there's just not really a way for the body to go in and clean that infection. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, um, Dr. Klingert, who trained me, he's kind of funny. He's like, no other area in, of medicine is that if there's dead tissue or dead bone, do we leave it in the body? You know, we always, you know, in any other part of the body, we realize that, you know, the impact um, that this could, you know, have, you know, on us systemically. And so it's just um, one of those paradigm shifts that need to continue to happen. And more and more people are getting educated. And I, you know, I'm hopeful. Um, but I, I, you know, the the biggest message, you know, that I know why you're doing this podcast is, you know, for people who are out there, if they haven't thought of this, you know, this is a huge place um, to look if you've been, if you've been struggling. For sure. Yeah. Now just going back to the meridian. So we were talking about the front teeth and then we talked about the wisdom teeth being related to heart and digestion. Um, are there any others that relate to other meridians? Yeah, absolutely. So if you kind of go through, you know, we're going from the center of the body outward. So I've covered kind of that front middle, so kidney, bladder, and then I, you know, I've, um, you know, covered the, you know, the bookend, you know, the wisdom teeth. And so um, they're usually, and I don't have exact n the numbers, but they're in groups of two usually. So it goes kidney, bladder, then liver, gallbladder, um, lung and large intestine, and stomach and spleen. And then in some people, um, their thought is that they see a correlation with breast health and kind of where the stomach spleen meridians are. So that's going to be in the back, um, the back molars next to where the wisdom teeth would be. So if there's any breast health issues from um, fibrocystic breasts or fibroadenomas or even, you know, potentially cancers, you know, there can be this relationship for with a toxic tooth in that area of the mouth that that actually drains, um, you know, into the breast tissue and can create inflammation. Oh, that's so interesting. And when we're talking about toxic teeth, so we're talking about root canals, like we were saying before, and then cavitations, I guess, if a tooth is pulled and the bone didn't heal properly, right? Mm -hmm. And are there any other types of issues in the mouth that can create this toxicity? 
Yeah, absolutely. So amalgam fillings, most people know about at this point, amalgams are um, a amalgam of different metal, primarily um, containing mercury, and mercury is a known neurotoxin. Um, why this has been done, I, I still cannot understand, but um, why the dental associations say that this is okay is they believe that this, you know, the way the um, amalgams are packed, that the um, mercury is inert um, and it's not having a systemic effect. What happens is over time, there's conditions in the mouth that actually can release mercury vapor, and then we inhale this mercury vapor over time. Another thing that actually is problematic when you have an amalgam filling um, opposing a gold filling, um, and that's called um, what happens is what's called electrogalvanism. And electrogalvanism is essentially a battery like effect in the mouth, and that can create electrical disturbances in the body as well as um, speed up um, the dissolution of mercury um, in the mouth so it can make the mercury um, even more toxic. So, you know, when people get root canals extracted, um, often they need what's called an implant, which is a, um, a type of material that, you know, can actually um, hold the bone in place and, you know, service a fake tooth. There are implants called titanium implants that are very common, and that's another one that you know, dentists say, oh, this is an inert metal. People don't have an issue. It's, it's no problem. But some of our patients can have these delayed hypersensitivity reactions to titanium and they can, um, they can be a disturbance in the body. We advocate for more, you know, the material that is, seems to be the most biologically compatible right now is a ceramic implant called a zirconium implant. Um, and so that is, you know, what we have people use as an implant if they have to go that route. Um, you know, I, I am not up to speed with all the names of the composite fillings, but just because you don't have amalgam fillings doesn't mean that you have a, um, you know, mouth that doesn't have other potentially, you know, non-biocompatible ingredients. Some fillings do have um, BPA, which is um, in the plastic world, and that can actually be um, an endocrine disruptor. So, you know, we, we've traded one issue for another. And so really working with a biological dentist who understands, you know, the biocompatible compatibility of the materials. And then there are certain actually tests that can lead people to find the most biocompatible material for them, um, you know, if they have to make these decisions and if they're highly sensitive. Yeah. And that's so important what you're saying, because we are all different and some people are more sensitive than others and we're going to all be sensitive to different things. So those tests are so helpful. What are some of the labs that you like to use for that testing? You know, um, I don't use these as much, but the sensitivity, if you're going to be figuring out what the biocompatibility um, material testing is, it's called a Clifford test. I believe they're out of Colorado and your dentist can help help you um, run that. There's also something called a MELISA test and MELISA testing um stands for an acronym I can't recall, but I think the the um, the website is melisa.org and that's um, M-E-L-I-S-A. And so that is all about looking at these hypersensitivities to the metals such as titanium. So, you know, we know that certain metals can be toxic or neurotoxic, but some can not only have a toxicity effect, but also can irritate the immune system and make the immune system hypersensitive that just leads to inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many people that listen to this podcast that have, you know, all types of issues, but a lot of people have autoimmunity. And so it's just so 
important for us to really do things to help to balance our immune system and calm everything down. We definitely don't want it to be hypersensitive. So that's very important. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And just going back to what you were saying about the mercury, it's kind of crazy and funny, but not really funny, you know, that the Dental Association really doesn't think it's an issue. Meanwhile, though, it's very important for the dentist to handle the materials in a certain way before they're put into your mouth and very important to handle them in a certain way after it leaves your mouth. So it's basically toxic before it enters and toxic after it leaves. But no, it's not really toxic in your mouth, right? I mean, it's just kind of crazy how that thinking works. There's a lot of um, crazy paradoxes when we look at, you know, our, our medical system. And no, I think that's a really good point. You know, any any handling of mercury anywhere, you know, we tell pregnant women not to eat mercury, um, high mercury fish. You know, we're careful with when thermometers break in our environments. And of course, the dentists are told to handle this with caution. And then we just put it in one of the most highly, you know, microbial active um, parts of our body, plus the proximity of our brain to our mouth. It's just, it's, it's quite interesting that, you know, this all unfolded in the way it did. Now, if someone has a lot of dental work, how can they tell if it's causing some of their health issues? And even more importantly, you know, what can they do about it then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to be a little jaded just because of the work I do and, you know, the people that I see that I, I believe, you know, if you um, and what my patients have you know, shown me, if you are struggling with a chronic health condition that this is absolutely something that needs to be addressed for your body to fully heal and recover. Um, with that being said, I also, you know, want to make sure people do this safely and with the right support, because if you don't have the right support and the right, you know, just precautions on pre and post care, you can open Pandora's box. And of course, we want you to have this to be something that um, elevates your health and not becomes traumatic or, um, you know, a source of not having the right support. And then you have to take time, you know, getting back to where we all want you. And so um, I I just say that because I, if you're hearing this, I just don't want you to go out to any dentist or any doctor who doesn't do this and just put yourself on a plan because I do think this needs to be done with um, people who do this all day long. And so, um, so how do we know, you know, if this is being, um, you know, if this is an issue, I guess there's a couple ways that you can strategize if you need to kind of have some more um, objective um, information to make your decision. Um, So, um, so one thing that I would share is that there's a uh, lab called dental DNA or they're called DNA connections now rather. And they actually have, um, a test where you can floss around a root canal and send in the floss and see kind of what kind of bacteria or viruses are in that, um, you know, around that tooth. And obviously if it's normal or non-normal, um, bacteria for, you know, a healthy mouth. And so that can, um, give you more maybe of a push to understand that this is a focal infection in your body. Um, with you can use that same test to send in the samples of once you do um, irrigate the cavitations, but that has to be uh, you've already decided to do that in order to name the bacteria that is in the jawbone. There, um, heavy metal testing 
you know, if you have um, an, uh, an amount, if you've had a history of amalgam fillings, um, you know, you, you definitely have had an exposure to mercury. Heavy metal testing can be um, a way for you to kind of have a snapshot and see, you know, what is your body burden, but it's, it's not a black or white issue in that, um, you know, of course, we don't want to give you any chelators when you have amalgam fillings and you need to have a provocation agent or what's called a, a chelator. So if we want to, um, the gold standard for figuring out if you have a heavy metal burden is we give you something that pulls out those metals and then we collect your urine and give a snapshot of say, okay, um, you know, these metals are an issue, but that, first of all, we wouldn't want to give you a chelator with amalgam fillings in your mouth. And second of all, um, that might not give us the whole picture either, um, you know, for your heavy metal burden. And so I'm just sharing some tests to kind of, you know, give you some information to say, hey, maybe there's, you know, bacteria that don't belong in my mouth because of this root canal, or hey, I might have, you know, this heavy metal burden. And, you know, in order to, you know, really do an effective detoxification, I have to get my amalgams removed. And then, you know, be curious, just what are your symptoms? What are you struggling with? And you can Google, I think, you know, dental organ charts, and there's a few out there, but you know, one that Dr. Klinghart um, contributed to that shows, you know, this dental meridian connection, you can just see, hey, do you have a stress on, you know, one of these teeth and um, what are your symptoms? And so um, seeing that connection. And so we incorporate this into all of our plans and we have a system where we prioritize and, you know, help people through this. But I I absolutely think if you've been struggling out there that we should, you know, you should um, start making headway to investigate this further and get a team around you so you can handle this with a lot of support. Absolutely. That support is so important. And like Dr. Schaffner was saying, it's really important that you guys find a dentist that specializes in this, ideally a biological dentist. We don't want to just go to any dentist and start removing fillings, especially if your body's not ready for it. And, you know, there's usually things that you can take before removing a filling and there's specific protocols that they need to do so that you don't get as much exposure. Because unfortunately, you know, we don't want those fillings in the mouth, but at the same time, when we go in and drill, the drill is going to get hot and that creates a mercury vapor, which is something that then we can inhale. So there's going to be some exposure and we definitely want to make sure that we minimize that with the right protocols. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm in full agreement. Yeah. Now, Dr. Schaffner, how did you get into this work? I'm curious. You know, um, it's a great question. I I graduated last year in 2010, and right out of school, I just started working with Dr. Klinghart. And so I just got a front seat, you know, in this world of looking at really complex illnesses and just, you know, he's going to be 69. He's been practicing for 45 years. So I feel real blessed. I was able to learn for somebody who just saw a lot. And I had one of those moments when I was in school. Um, I don't know if you know, Dr. Louisa Williams, but she wrote a book called Radical Medicine. And that was coming out when I was in school. And you know, she was at like a brown bag lunch. And I remember sitting there and she said to us, what is the first thing that you need to do when you, um, you know, examine a patient? And I was just like, you know, we're all like, oh, palpate the gut or, you know, what, you know, what are we doing? And she's like, open their mouth, look in their mouth, because that's where most of your, most of their problems are going to be. And so that just stuck with me. And I just, you know, carried the radical medicine around for years. And I've gotten to know uh, Louisa and um, no, I, I just really um, have been drawn to really, you know, looking at these deeper reasons of, you know, while all of this lifestyle, um, all of these lifestyle things like, of course, nutrition and diet and 
all of that is so important. You know, some people, you know, for, you know, for some people, it's just not enough. You know, if you're, you know, you can have a perfect diet, but if you have a, you know, a source of neurotoxins and, you know, infection in your mouth, there's only so much your diet can do to heal you. So I think it's just important to look at, you know, these deeper, you know, reasons why people are sick. I can't agree more. And I'm so glad that you were able to study this and then you're doing the work that you do. And I know you're helping so many people. Thank you. I know that you and Dr. Klinghart are also hosting a summit um, that's coming up um, in October of 2019. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, this has been such a fun project for us. Um, you know, we are doing a summit that's called the Body Electric Summit. And really the whole goal of the summit is to discuss and have a conversation around energy, frequency, and vibrational healing. Um, you know, we we know a ton about biochemistry and uh, functional medicine. I mean, of course, we are always learning more, but I feel like we're still in, you know, our preliminary understandings and um, acknowledgement of how our body heals with principles of biophysics. And so we we had a lot of fun and we talk about everything from the bio field to our mutual, you know, uh, colleague and friend, um, Dr. Garcia talking about biomagnetism to tuning forks and photodynamic therapy and also EFT and the trauma work and, you know, just all of these aspects of, you know, how do we you know, address this part of our, our, you know, we know we have our physical body, but there is a measurable electromagnetic field that we all have. And how do we actually look at this as not just like, a, you know, this is just part of, you know, the thing that our physical body emits, but actually this might be the thing that organizes and instructs and gives our physical body a blueprint. And the more we um, use treatments on this, these levels, um, the better that we can not only resolve an issue and heal, but I also am really interested in acceler- uh, accelerating the healing process for people because, you know, it takes a long time, you know, for patients to heal. And I, I, I just want them to get their lives back more quickly. And so that's, that was a big impetus for us to do the summit. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think all of this is so fascinating. And I myself have gotten into more of this type of work in addition to all of the biochemistry and the nutrition, because for me firsthand, I saw the difference in some of that. And, you know, we talked about Dr. Garcia and biomagnetism. And by the way, guys, he's going to be on um, as well in a couple of weeks. And, you know, that just had such a big impact on my life. And I've had a lot of different health struggles over the years. And I'm a lot better now than I was 20 years ago. But I felt like I could get to a certain point with biochemistry alone, but adding some of these other things just kind of helped to, like you said, accelerate things and round things out and just make things work better. And so it's just amazing how you know our body is just so fascinating. And when you look at all of these aspects and all of these facets, it's just, it's just so cool what we can do and how much we can speed up healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you had that, you know, firsthand experience. And, you know, I, I think there's just, I think everyone's ready to have this conversation. And I think there's just more accessibility to tools um, and therapies that work on this level. We, you know, practitioners and doctors have more access to these things right now, too. So I, I just think it's it's the time to have this conversation. So it was a lot, it's been a lot of fun to put together and learn. 
Yeah, that's great. And so many more medical doctors are starting to use some of these other practices, you know, so it is becoming a lot more mainstream. And I'm just so glad that all of this is accessible. And, you know, it's summits like this that then bring awareness and so that more people can learn about it and more practitioners can learn how to do it. So it's great. I'm going to post the link for you guys uh, for the summit for anyone that's interested to sign up. I highly, highly recommend it. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. Well, Dr. Schaffner, as we finish up here, what would you say are your three best pieces of advice for those that are dealing with chronic health issues or dealing with things that just kind of seem mysterious and, you know, they haven't really been able to figure it out? I know we talked a lot about the mouth. Um, so in addition to that, what else can people do and what are your three best pieces of advice? You know, I think if you've been struggling for so long out there, I just really want you to know, um, you know, that there's hope and there's always a reason. This isn't in your head. This isn't a random event, but there is a combination of factors, you know, that are affecting your body and your body's going to undergoing stress. And you need to work with somebody who can identify and alleviate those stressors and help you guide you in that process so your body can um, restore communication and self-regulate and heal. And so I would say, you know, three, the three pieces of advice is, you know, for, you know, never give up and there's always a reason. So please just hear me in that. And number two, I think one of the things that we integrate in our treatment protocols and just kind of our team approach is that we always, you know, look when the patient's ready at the kind of mental, emotional uh, part of our physical body and that we look at how traumas, you know, big or small, past or present can have a huge, you know, impact and can affect us um, epigenetically and can affect our own being physically. And so I, I just want to really highlight the importance of, you know, working with skilled practitioners on that level, because I think that's really in important. And then I would say, you know, just an uh, area that I'm passionate about that I feel that it's overlooked too, especially when you're struggling, um, is not to overlook your lymphatic system. So the lymphatic system is a waste clearance system. It's kind of an area of immune surveillance as well. And it often becomes congested or um, it just become it's an area of a lot of activity of where these toxins get, um, you know, these toxins um, actually are in our body and also where these microbes are in our body. So it can become sluggish, it can become stagnant, it can then really affect the flow of our bodies and it can be a block in us really getting toxicity out of our bodies. So it's really important to have a healthy functioning lymphatic system and um, there's lots of ways to support you in that process, but I, I would say um, not to overlook it. Yeah, that's such a good point. And with the lymphatic system, are there any tests that you recommend or are there any types of techniques that you like? Um, what pe can people do to see if there's an issue in the lymphatic system? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think of it as, um, you know, an objective test. I mean, people can have swollen lymph nodes or, you know, um, swelling in their um, extremities or even, you know, chronic digestive issues. There can be a lot of lymphatic stagnation in the abdomen. But what, you know, we love to do is we have a great team of manual therapists and we have uh, lymphatic drainage practitioners at our office. And so I, if you're struggling, I absolutely recommend that you find someone to work uh, with and 
until you get momentum, right? There, there's a point where you don't need to rely on a lymphatic drainage practitioner, but someone who's, um, you know, trained in either water or manual lymphatic drainage techniques, um, and they can use their hands to help um, help your lymphatic system start to move. And then the other aspect, you know, of that is there are different home tools like the vibration plate. There's also um, dry skin brushing gentle walking, you know, movement can be helpful. Um, and then we d- use different herbals and different lymphatic, um, you know, drainage remedies and um, things to support the body. We also, um, because the neck gets quite congested and that's kind of kind of the area where the brain drains and everything, we um, have people do what's called a self-lymphatic drainage massage um, with different creams and things or oils. And Dr. Klinger is doing that on our website on the video, but it's just this manual massage of your neck um, and just kind of softening those tissues and increasing um, flow. And that can, can really help. Great. Great. And I love that it's something that people can also do on their own because I think when someone's dealing with a lot of health issues, you know, it's a lot because they have to see different practitioners and do a lot of things. So it's nice that they can maybe see a lymphatic drainage person a couple of times. And then once they get going, they can maybe do some of it on its own, on, on their own. So that's wonderful. Dr. Schaffner, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I can keep you here for hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is all so interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I really, really appreciate you getting the word out about these really important topics. As you can see, what happens in our mouth has so much to do with the rest of our body and can greatly impact our health. I'll tell you more about what we did for Lisa in just a second. But first, if you want to contact or learn more about my guest, Dr. Christine Schaffner, as well as the summit that she and Dr. Klinghardt are hosting starting October 7th of 2019, please visit healthmysterysolved.com and go to episode number 29. There, as always, you'll find all the detailed show notes and all of the resources that she and I discussed. And for Lisa... We started with an elimination diet where she took out gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and sugar as a start just to help calm things down. And while we were doing that, I referred her to a local biological dentist. This dentist understood all of these functional medicine principles. They did a cone scan and some more detailed scans and saw that Lisa did in fact have a cavitation there and there was an infection in the root canal. It was not as obvious, but due to the better scans and the dentist's experience, they were able to spot it when others didn't. Lisa worked with this dentist and did a cavitation surgery with ozone to make sure that everything was properly cleaned out. And then for the root canal, they opted to pull the tooth as it's really hard to truly sterilize the area. And since there was already an infection, she and her dentist decided that it was best to pull the tooth rather than to try to redo the root canal and then potentially get another infection. Thankfully, it was a back tooth and the two teeth on each side of the root canal tooth already had fillings. So she was able to have a bridge and didn't need an implant, which is great. Now, this dentist used the proper protocol to pull the root canal tooth, such as making sure that the Novocaine he used didn't have added epinephrine in it. Now, this is something that many people don't think about, but epinephrine constricts the blood vessels, and therefore it prevents a lot of bleeding during the procedure. Now, this may seem like a really good thing, right? We don't want to bleed, 
But actually, we need some bleeding because when the blood comes out, it pushes things out along with it so that if there's any infections, those can come to the surface. So a little bleeding is actually a good thing in these kinds of procedures. If you ever get a tooth pulled, speak to your dentist about using a Novocaine that doesn't have the added epinephrine for this reason. While she was undergoing all of the procedures, she and I did an organic acid test. She had deficiencies in B vitamins, her liver was not functioning optimally, and she had a lot of free radicals. Free radicals are compounds that are very damaging to our cells, and therefore we need more antioxidants which protect our cells and they help to fight the free radicals. So we continued the elimination diet while supporting her liver with a supplement called N-acetylcysteine and also glutathione. And then I put Lisa on a methylated B-complex called B-Supreme. We also used a broad-spectrum antioxidant called Ultimate Antioxidant Full Spectrum, and then a high-dose vitamin C, we used 5,000 milligrams a day in her case, and 100 milligrams of coenzyme Q10 in the form of ubiquinol. So this form of ubiquinol is called the reduced form of CoQ10, which means that it has the ability to quench more free radicals versus the ubiquinone form, which is the oxidized form, and so it's not as effective. And if you're taking CoQ10, which is a wonderful antioxidant, and it's also great for energy and cardiovascular health, take a look at the back label and make sure that yours is in the form of ubiquinol. Now, this form may cost a couple of more dollars than ubiquinone, but it's far more effective. And then you could take a lower dose to get more benefit than ubiquinone, so you actually end up saving money in the long run. Lisa started to feel stronger and less sensitive to things a few months after the dental procedures and the diet changes and supplements we were using. And she was happy to report that after six months, she was a lot less sensitive to her environment, had much more energy, and felt like she was back to her old self. If Lisa sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to this podcast because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. And if you guys are enjoying this episode, I would so appreciate if you take a second to post the review on iTunes. These reviews actually help the podcast rank higher so that more people can see it and learn and see that they're not alone in their health journey. Because when it comes to solving your health issues, there is hope. So don't give up. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.